son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 29th, 2011. And today we're going to be going over several current events and uh, some relating to sweeping legislation regarding the uh, government, Patriot Acts 1 and 2, um, just a lot of the things that Obama has been up to as of late, um, our government in general, and um, we're going to segue into several different topics and then we're going to end with a teaching on... It's on Oriental foods and Hindu, Buddhist, these types of restaurants. Some things I've found out recently regarding them. And we're going to segue then into a teaching on uh, tobacco and how that relates to the occult. And it heavily relates to the occult. And we will prove that in the teaching. So if you're a smoker or know somebody that smokes, particularly if they call themselves a Christian... And I'm not saying it makes doesn't make you a Christian, but you you might want to hear this teaching because it's uh, I was shocked when I saw the research regarding this. Uh, anyway, that's not going to be until the very end of the teaching. I might post it as a dedicated teaching. We'll kind of see how it goes today. I've got a lot to cover today, so just a few Bible about five Bible verses to uh, start out with. Psalm one twelve four through seven says, unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. And regarding the day and times we're going into, we're going into a very dark time, but where darkness is, grace from God abounds all the more. So, unto the upright there ariseth light in darkness, which is kind of a a verse related to, you know, hope. And then it goes on to say, He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. So, regarding some of the things we're going to get into at the very beginning, I thought these were some appropriate verses. He, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trust in the Lord. And then Hebrews 13.6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. So, on that note, we'll get into our first article here. This is from Cutting Edge, and it's entitled, As Nightmarish as the Patriot Acts 1 and 2 are, We are now learning that Congress passed a secret Patriot Act, which is far more horrific. America is rapidly moving into the greatest absolute dictatorship in all recorded history, as this story proves. And this is from Wired Magazine. It's an article entitled, There's a Secret Patriot Act, Senator Says. And I guess this is Senator Ron Wyden, a Democrat out of Oregon. He says, you may think you understand how the Patriot Act allows the government to spy on citizens. Um says it's worse than you've heard, though. Evidently, it's, it's a lot worse than we're hearing it actually is. So, the article goes on to say, how can any law be worse than Patriot Acts 1 and 2? Among other things, these two dictatorial laws allow, number one, government agents to arrest you without charges. Two, they will refuse to allow you a lawyer. 
Three, they can take you to a secret location and are not obligated to tell anyone where you are being held. Four, they can keep you in prison indefinitely before they bring you to trial. Five, they can try you secretly and do not have to allow you to mount a defense. Six, they can convict you secretly based on whatever evidence they decide is enough to find you guilty. Seven, they can execute you secretly without having to report the execution to anyone. And eight, if a neighbor sees you being arrested in the middle of the night in protest, he can be treated exactly as we have described above. Or in other words, what I just read regarding that. So it doesn't get a whole lot worse than that. Um, and now it's the question they pose. How can it get any worse? Congress is set to reauthorize three controversial provisions of the surveillance law as early as Thursday. It's, it's already happened. Okay, uh, this the reauthorization of this happened the other day. But Wyden says that Congress will renew what Congress will renew is a mere fig leaf for a far broader legal interpretation of the Patriot Act that the government keeps to itself entirely in secret. Worse, there are hints that the government uses this secret interpretation to gather what one Patriot watcher calls a dragnet for massive amounts of information on private citizens. The government portrays its data collection efforts uh, much differently. Senator Wyden attempts to further explain, quote, we are getting to a gap between what the public thinks the law says and what the American government secretly thinks the law says. Wyden tells the Danger Room in an interview in the Senate office. That's why Wyden and his colleague, Senator Mark Udall, offered an amendment on Tuesday to the Patriot Act reauthorization. The amendment, first reported by Marcy Wheeler, blasts the administration for secretly reinterpreting public laws and statutes. It would compel the Attorney General to publicly disclose the United States government's official interpretation of the United States Patriot Act. Well, more and more, these types of things, if there is any protesting, um, it just gets... It, gets quashed, you know, in the next, whether it's a a House vote or a Senate vote. Happened the other day with the TSA uh, thing down in Texas where the House voted unanimously to, um, I I can't say exactly what it was regarding, but it was to um, put the brakes on the TSA, essentially, in Texas. And then the... uh, the Senate turned around essentially and caved in on it, and then the government stepped in and said, none of this uh, applies, the House vote, and, and we're going to let it, the TSA is going to continue to operate essentially as it has been. And um, it's just, it's truly a spirit of lawlessness. Um, going further, it says, Americans are in the situation where the government has far more authority over us than anyone can possibly know. The dark night of extreme despotism undergirded by the highest technology in the world is nearly upon us. Are you spiritually ready? Are you warning as many people as you possibly can in as many different ways available to you? We must work for the night is coming when no man can work. And that's how Cutting Edge will end a lot of their articles. And it, and it really is a, a tremendous, a lot of times, doorway to be able to not only educate people, but to actually be able to lead them to the Lord, which is essentially the reason for this ministry. Uh, Cutting-edge, end-time, current events, um, biblically reconciled, essentially, is, is one of the main purposes of this particular ministry. Uh, these, are, these are things that uh, aren't, aren't a lot of times ever talked about in mainstream 501c3 corporate church settings, because they're not popular. 
And if they were all of a sudden just started to be talked about in churches across America, yeah, I think a certain percentage of people would start waking up, but they would also lose a, a huge amount of their congregations. Um, people do not want to be told this type of information. And um, there would be a mass exodus out of a lot of these lukewarm churches, most likely. Uh, but, you know, that's just, I don't see that happening. I just do not see that happening. And there's a lot of Bible you can use to back that up. Um, let's go further. Next article. Congress proposes bill to allow worldwide war, including inside the United States. Uh, many are disgusted that Obama got us into a war in Libya without congressional authorization, but as the ACLU noted yesterday, and again, I'm not endorsing the ACLU, but sometimes they do pick up on things um, that it seems that other people might miss, at least initially. They said Congress is going even further, proposing handling permanent worldwide war-making powers to the president, including the ability to make war within the United States. A hugely important provision for the Congress to authorize a new worldwide war has been tucked away inside the National Defense Authorization Act. The bill was marked up by members of the House Armed Services Committee last Wednesday that poured into Thursday morning, 2.45 a.m. to be exact which is a very common theme. These things will get railroaded through. Um, you'll see in the next article, you know, past midnight. <laughs> That's very, very, very common. And this is how they sneak in a lot of bills. Or they'll do it like on hol- like right before a holiday break or some, in some emergency session during a holiday, something like that. It's very, very common to see that. Okay, so going further, a couple of minutes past midnight, Representative John Gardamendi offered an amendment to strike Section 1034, the new authorization for worldwide war provision, from the NDAA, which is this National Defense Authorization Act. Visibly angry that such a large sweeping provision had not yet had any public hearing whatsoever, he vigorously characterized it as a very broad declaration of war. Representative Garamendi was very concerned by the limitless geographic boundaries of the provision. Essentially, it would enable the U.S. to use military force anywhere in the world, including the U.S., in search of supposed terrorists. Now, I'm not saying there's not such a thing as terrorists, but I'm saying the the definition of a terrorist, (laughs) um, remember what we just read about the Patriot Acts, their interpretation of them, of what would be a terrorist. A born-again Bible-believing Christian would be considered a terrorist now. I've, I've went over many things in times past to prove that as well. Um, so, we're not talking about just Islamic terrorists. We're talking about um, born-again Bible-believing Christians. Going further, it says, while a new authorization for worldwide war has had its first public de- has had its first public debate, it unfortunately only lasted a hair over ten minutes and then occurred after midnight. So, we had the Patriot Act, one and two renewed this week, we had this one, uh, went through. Uh, there, I mean, just about everything's set up. I, I don't know how much more legislation they would have to approve in order to really be uh, locked and loaded to fully implement a full-blown martial law police state. Um, next article, White House adds new position to deal with unfavorable online media. The White House has named Jesse Lee to a new position within its communications department titled Director of Progressive Media and Online Response. 
According to the Huffington Post, Lee will essentially be responsible for building up Obama's online presence as he prepares for his re-election bid and squashing any negative stories. Oh, okay, so is this really truly like Newspeak on, you know, George Orwell 1984, The Big Brother, where we're actually going to just flat out not even allow anything to be, you know... Now, the only way they could truly do that is to get rid of the internet, okay, because... And I would have to say shortwave and um, other areas where alternative media might get the truth out. This... The post is a new one for the White House. Rapid response has usually been outsourced to the Democratic National Committee, if not done in an ad hoc basis by administration officials. And it signals that the White House will be adopting a more aggressive defense of the president and his policies as his re-election campaign gears up. So the more wicked and corrupt and evil his actions become, they're going to be adopting at the same time a more aggressive defense of him, of his wickedness and evilness and perverseness. So just so you know, this is what they're openly stating. And then it goes to say, if you're going to post something online about Obama that isn't true, now again, it could totally be true, and it most likely isn't true, it would be true. Um, Okay, but they'll say it's not true. So their interpretation. If you do that, Lee is going to be the one to handle you. Considering that Lee's first tweet, Twitter, about his new position included a picture of the Terminator. Now, this is the guy that just got appointed by Obama. A picture of the Terminator, you know, like the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We suggest that you watch what you say or you will be destroyed, essentially. This is the the signal that's clearly being sent here. So, uh, you know... Like I knew my days on Sermon Audio were numbered, any alternative media that is not going to ultimately cave in, and that that might not even be a factor, um, they're ultimately going to have to go for the New World Order, I I believe, uh, you know, to be fully implemented. uh, Because they cannot have these dissenting opinions. There can only be Satan's version which is essentially what we're talking about. We're talking about truth compared to what Satan would have you believe. And um, the mainstream media is, you know, you're going to get, for the most part, a lot of um, whitewashed uh, satanic viewpoints there that, that have no basis in truth, and many times the exact opposite of the truth. Next article. Top Mexican drug lord trafficked cocaine for the U.S. government. Now, what I try to do with these articles is is I'll have a whole bunch of articles in a given week, and I try to stack them or read them where we kind of segue from one topic to another, if it's possible. So we're going to kind of segue into this topic now. We've been talking about the government. Um, then we go into this. The logistical coordinator for a top Mexican drug... Now, I'm gonna, we're going to confirm this in a second, because you could say, oh, I don't believe this guy. Well, okay. We're going to confirm this, though, in the next article. The logistical coordinator for a top Mexican drug drug trafficking gang that was responsible for purchasing the CIA torture jet that crashed with four tons of cocaine on board back in 2007 has told the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois in Chicago that he has been working as a U.S. government asset for years. What? Like Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset? Was recruited by the CIA? Just like Al-Qaeda was actually formed by the CIA? 
Yes. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Do you know, um, I've known a man that actually went through this. You, have you ever heard the term diesel therapy? Diesel therapy is something that they do in America. If you get out of line, and if they can get a uh, conviction on you or throw you in jail, and they want to teach you a lesson and or try to kill you, they'll put you on a bus. And the man that I knew that did they did this to, and they've done this to, who knows, probably thousands, they'll put you on a bus at one prison. And because the reason I say that is they talk about the CIA torture jet. Well, they'll put you on a bus at one prison, and they will chain you in there with metal shackles on your on your um, legs that will cut into your your skin, and I believe shackle your your wrists as well. And they will drive you all around the country nonstop, twenty four seven, and you have to remain seated upright. And they will. It's called diesel therapy. And um, I know personally one man that did this too, and he was a severe diabetic, severe. And they gave him one brown bag lunch per day with like white bread and it was all it was all carbs, so it would make your blood sugar skyrocket. The fact that it didn't kill him is an absolute miracle because they did this for days on end. I think possibly weeks. I mean, they would give you a. They'll take oh, when a lot of things. What they'll do is if they get they do this for three days and then they they take you to a prison and then they put you and you think okay I'm going to finally get some rest and you'll get maybe some uh, some sleep or whatever and then they wake you up and they get you right on a, another bus and they just do it to you all over again. It's a way of punishing political dissenters in this country and people that they want to uh, make an example of and get back at. And this particular man had stepped on a lot of toes over the years from a. A righteous political standpoint. Um, he's just one of many. It's called diesel therapy. So this kind of stuff goes on all the time. Uh, just not obviously going to be front page of the paper. Just like this report we're talking about right now. You have to understand how wicked things are. And I'm not saying everybody in the government is wicked. I'm not saying there's not good people still left. But I'm saying that... You know, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. This government is going to be assimilated into the, into the New World Order, into the one world political governmental system under Antichrist. And you got to believe that in order for that to happen, it cannot be moving in the right direction. It's got to be moving in the wrong direction. It's got to be moving in a more evil direction. And then the more evil it becomes, the more easy it will be for it to be assimilated into the coming one world government under Antichrist, right? Well, we're... We're definitely um, just about there. Going further, uh, this is so he told this uh, top Mexican drug trafficking gang, this logistical coordinator, told the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois in Chicago that he has been working as a U.S. government asset for years. Jesus Vicente Zimbada is the son of Ismael Zimbada, one of the top kingpins in the Sin- Sinaloa drug trafficking organization. Um. He was first arrested in Mexico in March of 2009 and extradited to the United States to stay in trial in February. The indictment pending against Zimbada claims he served as the logistical coordinator for the cartel, helping to oversee an operation that imported into the U.S., imported into the U.S. Now, he's working with the government, importing into the U.S. multi-ton quantities of cocaine, Using various means, including but not limited to Boeing 747 cargo aircrafts, private aircrafts, buses, 
rail cars, tractor trailers, and automobiles, writes Narcosphere's Bill Conroy. In a two-page court pleading filed with the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois in Chicago, um, his, one of his names is Nablia, claims that he was working on behalf and with the authority of the U.S. Department of Justice, Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and the Department of Homeland Security, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, since January 1st of 2004. I mean, notice how many organizations he was actually totally working with in unison. Niblia is also connected to the Gulfstream 2 jet that wrecked with four tons of cocaine on board on September 24, 2007. European investigators linked the plane's tail number, which was N987SA, to past CIA rendition operations. The bill of sale for the for the uh, Gulfstream jet sold weeks before it crashed, listing the name of Greg Smith, a pilot who had previously worked for the FBI, DEA, and CIA. The plane was purchased by Nablia's Sanoa Drug Trafficking Organization through a syndicate of Colombian drug traffickers that included a CIA asset named Nelson Urego, according to another undercover CIA operative. Baruch Vega was also involved in the deal. Sinaloa brought the jet by wiring money through the U.S. bank, banking giant Wachovia, which is one of the, I believe it's a CIA, essentially, front bank, Wachovia. Bank of America is really bad, too. I mean, they're all bad, but some are way worse than others as far as what they're involved in. So, Sinaloa brought the jet, bought the jet by wiring money through the U.S. banking giant Wachovia, now a subsidiary of Wells Fargo. In total, near, nearly $13 million went through the correspondent bank accounts at Wachovia for the purchase of an aircraft to be used in the illegal narcotics trade. From these aircraft, more than 20,000 kilos of cocaine were seized. States Wachovia's deferred prosecution agreement with the U.S. Department of Justice. Wachovia was forced to pay a penalty of around $160 million for allowing money to be laundered through its correspondent bank accounts. Trust me, it was not innocent. In addition to smuggling narcotics into the United States, Nablia is also accused of obtaining weapons from the United States with the intent to use them to cause violence in Mexico. Now, remember that last line, because that's what we're going to talk about in the article after the next one. So let me read that again. In addition to smuggling narcotics into the United States, Nablia was accused of obtaining weapons from the U.S. with the intent to use them to cause violence in Mexico City leading to the murders of several innocent people. So he was getting weapons from the U.S. And, and, and smuggling them into Mexico, whereas they were taking then the cocaine, most likely from Colombia or wherever else they would get it, and getting that into America. Despite the fact that the Obama administration has cited that the flow of guns from the U.S. into Mexico as an excuse which with to attack the Second Amendment rights of Americans... It was recently revealed that U.S. Department, U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives deliberately allowed guns to be smuggled into the U.S., into the hands of Mexican drug lords, under Operation Fast and Furious. Now, remember that Operation Fast and Furious. Okay, what did it do? It allowed, through the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and Explosives, deliberately allowed guns to be smuggled into the United States into the hands of Mexican drug lords. Not just your average, everyday Joe down in Mexico. 
Okay? No, no. Into the hands of drug lords. And you're saying, oh, come on, prove it. I will. I will. Just hang on. So, President Obama later denied that he had any knowledge of the program. Oh, he's as innocent. He's pure as the driven snow. Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm would never do anything wrong, Obama. He's always innocent, never to blame. Remember. Okay, so let's go further here. Um, and the ironic part is, is the Obama administration cited the flow of guns from the U.S. into Mexico as an excuse with which to attack our Second Amendment rights in America. Okay. Nablia's assertion that he smuggled drugs from Mexico into the United States while working for the U.S. government adds further weight to the already voluminous body of evidence that confirms the CIA and the U.S. banking giants are the top players in a global drug trade worth hundreds of billions of dollars per year. Yes, you heard that right. The CIA and the U.S. banking giants. Now remember all the other organizations that he cited he worked with as well. They're all corrupt. I'm not saying every person in them is corrupt. I'm saying a little leaven at at the whole lump. If the foundations be destroyed, according to the Bible, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, the leavening is almost complete. And if you're not leavened, you're either going to be knocked off or forced out eventually, one way or another. So, going further... Information made public by, this is information made public by the likes of Gary Webb, who, who it was claimed committed suicide. Now listen to this. He, he committed suicide in 2004, despite the fact that he was found with two gunshots wound, two gunshot wounds to the head. How do you commit suicide with two gunshot wounds? You gotta have a quick, quick trigger finger. You know? I mean, then that first bullet comes out of the chamber there, and it's going, I don't know, seven, eight, thousand miles an hour, it's kind of tough to get that second shot off into the brain. You know, you got to really be quick. But anyway, he, yeah, he committed suicide with two gunshot wounds to the head. And after Webb himself had complained of death threats and governmental people stalking his home. So he was killed. I mean, over the years and a lot of my research, I cannot tell you how many stories I've seen like this. For my... Uh, then it goes on to say, for more background information on the story, be sure to read Bill Conroy's excellent article over Narco News entitled, Mexican Narco Traffickers, Revelation Exposes Drug Wars and Duplicity. And this will be uh, this will be a 24 to 25 page PDF associated with the teaching for May 29th, 2011, available on contendingfortruth.com. It'll be the PDF associated with that. And, um, oh, also, we're revamping the site as, as I talk, and if you have not received emails from me in a while, there we actually have now a sidebar on contendingfortruth.com on the right-hand side where you can actually go and sign up for either the health newsletter or the Christian-oriented newsletter, or both. I advise you to do both because I have stuff in the health newsletter, uh, and I don't put out as much stuff in the health newsletter, but I have stuff in there that could definitely affect um, you. It's not just, we're not just talking about flowery little topics regarding the health. A lot of it relates to vaccinations and things of that nature and, and draconian methods they're using to essentially kill us off. So I advise you, you do both. They're both free. I've never charged for anything. Always just giving the information away. So, um, but I want to try to educate as many people as I can. 
So, let's go further here. And, um, so we're, we're, we're having some, uh, the links that were broken uh, on the website that have been broken for quite a while. The older teachings, those links have been repaired. There's a lot of really good improvements that are being done. And um, some listeners uh, have stepped forward, Jordan and Dan, and, and um, um, thank God for Tim for putting the site up originally. And it's kind of a collaborative effort. Um, uh, my one listener, Dan, has really already done a ton of work in getting that site where it needs to be. And I uh, thank God for, for those that have stepped forward and helped me out there. Because I was way out of my scope of <laughs> scope to, to tackle something like that. So anyway, uh, you, there's a lot of little glitchy things with the site that weren't working right or, or getting corrected. So And it should just improve and improve and improve. So praise the Lord for that. Now, next article. New Clinton Chronicles. This is a DVD, and I had this, I had this on video, uh, VHS, for... Um, I, I watched it several times. It's an investigation into the criminal activities of Bill Clinton in his circle of power. Okay, this is just a, a general synopsis of the video, but they get into this subject that we just talked about in the video. Uh, for the first time on a video documentary that puts together the whole story, the names and faces of the key players who Clinton used to build his circle of power, as well as those who got in his way and lost their jobs, reputations, virtue, and many of their lives. From Whitewater to ADFA, Clinton's political machine. And then the next topic, from millions in drug smuggling in Mena, Arkansas, when he was governor of Arkansas. I mean, he is so tied into smuggling drugs in Mena, Arkansas on the, the cocaine that we had mentioned. And you would say, well, why Why would our government want to do that? I mean, come on, you've you got to be kidding me. Now, this confirms the last teaching. And this is just one of many. I could probably do a 20-hour study on the subject if I devoted it. Uh, why would they want to do that? Well, they're smuggling drugs in, they get them on the streets, they create the problem, and then they create the solution. Okay? The Hegelian dialectic. Okay? Which is, which is where they create the problem, they create the solution, and they ultimately give you the synthesis, which is their version of the ultimate solution to it. So they put the police forces out there, and they put the people, the DEA, and, and, the, and supposedly the organizations that are going after the drugs, yet they're the main ones putting the drugs in the street. Now, they know that by getting the drugs in the street, what is it going to do from a satanic standpoint? It's going to defile humanity. They sniff that cocaine, they take in that uh, whatever they're going to do, crack or crystal meth or whatever, and I know, I believe the crystal meth is more made here, because it can be made. But the cocaine you can't do that with because you've got to get it from the coca plant. Marijuana and these types of things. They, they put the drugs on the street, they get people addicted and hooked on these things. And this is also going on in the pharmacia medical profession with these prescription painkillers in particular, one of the best, which I 100% believe there's a demonic component, because I've seen what it does to the patients that get on them. Okay, long term especially, particularly Oxycontin. You know, it's, it's more addictive than heroin. Okay? You get people in society addicted to these drugs. There is a huge demonic component. It's like adopted demon time. You inject that garbage into your bloodstream. Not only is it mind-altering, but you, you are literally taking on demons. You get addicted to this stuff psychologically, spiritually, and physically, and you're destroyed. How are you going to get saved? How's a heroin addict going to really... I mean, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but there's a pretty low likelihood, you know. 
Well, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to defile and kill humanity. We're created in God's image. So he's trying to take everybody out he can. Well, that's what he's doing. So, the government, which at its core is wicked at this point, hopefully we've just said enough today to, to document that. And again, I'm not saying everybody in government or in military is wicked. I'm saying that the that increasingly the core of it, the, the leavening process... And remember, leaven is, is, is essentially like yeast. Okay? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a type of sin in the Bible. Jesus Christ says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. But leaven or yeast, if you put it in a little bit of dough, leavens the whole lump, as the Bible says. Well, that process in our government is almost complete. So, you go through, and, 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 and as a government, if you want to take control of a country, the more dumbed down, the more drug addicted, the more sick, the more toxic a citizen population is, the easier they will be to take control of. The more dependent on the government, the more easily they are in control. The more fluoridated they are from the, from the fluoride in the water, which burns out your lower brain lobes, which controls your will to resist. Now they want to add lithium in the water, which is another horrific drug. I mean, you know, just insanity. All these chemicals, that they, and the chemtrails, and all the additives in the foods, and then all these cancer-causing additives in healthcare products. I mean, you name it. They're trying to kill you. The more dumbed down and sick a population is, the more easy it will be for Satan to come in and take control, and for the New World Order to be implemented, and for the Antichrist and the False Prophet to arise. Bottom line, you want to boil it down real simple? That's, that's why. That's why. So none of this should surprise you, that our own government's been doing this for years, and and it's, you know, they make a real good case. It's very matter-of-fact, the way they state it in this, this Clinton Chronicle, and there's a Clinton Chronicles video, and there's a little link you can click on. You can watch it online. I've known about this for years. It's just, you know, uh, it's hard for a lot of people to even possibly comprehend, you know, particularly if you buy into the mainstream media. You just, you can't even comprehend. How could they be doing this? Now, there's a lot of reasons. And a lot of it boils down to money. The love of money is the root of all evil. You know how much money they're making? They can use this money, they can funnel this money they're, 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 they're taking from these black projects, from, from the drug smuggling, and then they can funnel it into their black, um, or, or, the, or the drug smuggling, and funnel it into their black ops or black projects, which are secret things they're doing behind the scenes that the citizenry doesn't know about, like building all those underground bases that we had talked about previously. Or, you know, just who knows? There's all kind of wickedness and things that they're using this money for. Going further, next article. Obama working under the radar to sneak attack on the Second Amendment. And, and this is pretty ironic, but, uh, uh, based on what we just read, this article. Now, I'm going to go ahead and click, and we're going we're gonna to listen to this video first with Katie Couric, right, Mainstream, Nightly news, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna read some more, and then we're gonna we're going to uh, segue into the next article here, and we'll we'll end part one there. So I'm gonna go ahead and play this video first. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and roll this video. I was absolutely astounded that they put this on nightly news because it essentially confirms uh, pretty much what I just said, which sounds like you you if it was the first time you ever heard that information about our government. 
you know, smuggling, you know, drugs to the Mexican drug lords, and then, and then, you know, uh, or I mean, guns, and then, and then, getting drugs over. I mean, this confirms that, and this is nightly news. And I think a lot of times they release these types of stories to see how. And I'm not talking about my listeners. I'm talking about the average, what they would term as like dumbed down sheeple people. Okay. Um, I think they release it to see what kind of public outcry it will generate. And if it doesn't really generate any public outcry, they're thinking, okay, good. We can go to phase whatever they're on now, phase 895, where we implement this thing. Because the sheeple people don't really care. We just, we just told them flat out what we're doing, and they'd ha- there was no reaction, essentially. So, we're ready to go to step 895. I, I believe that's why they do this. So, let's go further here. This is the CBS Evening News with Katie Perry. Good evening, everyone. They are two presidents leading a war against a common enemy, Mexican drug cartels. President Obama welcomed Mexico's President Felipe Calderon to the White House today. And Mr. Obama said the two countries are making progress against drug gangs. To combat the southbound flow of guns and money, we are screening all southbound rail cargo, seizing many more guns bound for Mexico. And we are putting more gun runners behind bars. Okay, so this is what this wonderful person, known as our president, just said. Okay, we're screening all the, we're, we're we're screening southbound and all this other stuff. Now you're going to hear a lot. Obviously, what we just said contradicts what he's saying. Well, they're going to actually confirm what we just talked about in this very report. So just hang on for a second, and, and we'll get to that. But one of the men on the front lines of the drug war is telling a very different story to CBS News, making an accusation that could cost him his job. An agent with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms claims the agency has a policy that is actually putting guns in the cartel's hands. Here's investigative correspondent Cheryl Atkinson. John Dodson, a federal agent, says what he was asked to do was beyond belief. You were intentionally letting guns go to Mexico. Yes, ma'am. I mean, the agency was. An alcohol, tobacco, and firearms senior agent assigned to this Phoenix office since 2010, Dodson's job is to stop gun trafficking across the border. Instead, he says he was ordered to sit by and watch it happen. Investigators call the tactic letting guns walk, in this case into the hands of criminals who would use them in Mexico and the U.S., Dodson's bosses say that never happened. Now he's risking his job to go public. I'm boots on the ground here in Phoenix and telling you we've been doing it every day since I've been here. Here I am. So every day, this senior officer in the ATF, and he has other people confirming this, boots on the ground, that they are doing this every day. They're letting these guns walk, not just to Mexico, but to the drug lords in Mexico. The people that would do the most wickedness and evil things with them, that's where they're going to. And, I mean, watching this interview, you just really, I sure didn't, detect guile in this man. I mean, this guy is literally putting his neck on the line, coming out with this information. But again, it's a total confirmation to the information we just read and everything I've researched, you know, at least in the last 10 years I started finding out about this. Tell me I didn't do the things that I did. Tell me... You didn't order me to do the things that I did. Tell me it didn't happen. 
Now you have a name on it. You have a face to put with it. Here I am. Someone. Now. Tell me. So he's challenging his superiors and saying, tell me I didn't do the things that I did. The things that you ordered me to do. Tell me that. Because I'm right here. I'm, I mean, hey, it doesn't get... I mean, this guy's... He's... He's courageous. Agent Dodson and other insiders say the gun-walking strategy was approved all the way to the Justice Department. The idea was to see where the guns ended up, build a big case, and take down a major cartel. And it was all kept secret from Mexico. ATF named the case Fast and Furious. This surveillance video obtained by CBS News shows suspected drug cartel suppliers carrying boxes of weapons to their cars at a Phoenix gun shop. Those long boxes being loaded into the red car are AK-47 type assault rifles. So it turns out ATF not only allowed the guns to walk, they videotaped it. Documents show the inevitable result. The guns ATF let go began showing up at crime scenes in Mexico. And as ATF stood by, watching thousands of weapons hit the street, the Fast and Furious group supervisor noted the escalating Mexican violence. 958 killed in March 2010, the most violent month since 2005. The same email notes... Our subjects purchased 359 firearms during March alone, including numerous Barrett 50 caliber rifles. So in other words, as these drug, as these guns were going down into Mexico, that we were allowing to go into Mexico into the worst scum you could imagine's hands, these drug lords, they saw an escalation of violence and deaths from these very same guns. I mean, you know, I, you know, they, they say they were going to let these guns go down there and then let build a case against them. I guess it didn't matter all the people that were going to die in the process when this particular when they started doing this. Did you feel that ATF was partly perhaps to blame for the escalating violence in Mexico and on the border? Yes, ma'am. I even asked them if they could see the correlation between the two. The more that our guys buy, the more violence that we're having down there. Senior agents, including Dodson, told us they confronted their supervisors over and over. And what was the answer? What do they say? If you're going to make an omelet, you're going to scramble some eggs. There was so much opposition to the gun walking that an ATF supervisor issued this email noting a schism among the agents. Whether you care or not, people of rank and authority at headquarters are paying close attention to this case. We are doing what they envisioned. If you don't think this is fun, you're in the wrong line of work. So, if they don't think it's fun uh, shipping drugs, putting them into drug lords, uh, these drug lords' hands, some of the most vile people on the planet, and watching them kill one another and slaughter one another, and then a lot of times have these drugs, these these gangs infiltrate across our borders and kill you know Americans and and, and a lot of innocent people in Mexico as well. If you don't think that's fun, you're in the wrong line of work? What kind of sick, twisted, demented statement is that? I mean, and, and this, this letter that this guy got is just pure intimidation. I mean, that is somebody who has an absolute darkened, uh, reprobate mind that would say something like that. Maybe the Maricopa County Jail is hiring detention officers and you can get $30,000 to serve lunch to inmates. It, we, we just knew it wasn't going to end well. 
There's no way it could. Then, on December 14, 2010, Border Patrol agent Brian Terry was gunned down. Dodson got the bad news from a colleague. And they said, did you hear about the Border Patrol agent? And I said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, it was one of Fast and Furious guns. Now, remember that term I used, fast and furious? That's the program they designated to put the drugs, or these guns, into these drug overlords' hands. He said it was a fast and furious gun that killed this Border Patrol agent. And who knows how many more of them have been killed. And this is a personal friend of this man's. I think this is the reason he came forward. This was like the straw that broke the camel's back, most likely. There's really not much you can say after that. Two assault rifles ATF had let walk nearly a year before, similar to these, were found at Terry's murder. I felt guilty. I mean, it's crushing. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. I mean... Dodson and a dozen other ATF sources have all told the same story to Senator Grassley, who's investigating. You've tried to get some answers from ATF. What's been the response? The response has been practically zilch from the standpoint that documents we want, we have not gotten them. Uh, and uh, I think it's a case of stonewalling. Dodson says he hopes that speaking out helps the family of Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. They haven't been told much of anything about his murder or where the bullet came from. First of all, I would tell them that I'm sorry. Second of all, I would tell them that I've, <clears throat> I've done everything that I can for them to get the truth. After this, I don't know what else I can do. But I hope they get it. Dodson says they never did take down a drug cartel. However, he says thousands of fast and furious weapons are still out there and will be claiming victims on both sides of the border for years to come. Cheryl Atkinson, CBS News, Washington. Late today. So more, more fruit from our uh, wonderful government there. Uh, now I'm going to read a little bit more. According to the little-noticed quote in the Washington Post earlier this month, which has attracted virtually no media attention, President Obama told gun control advocate Sarah Brady, this is of the Brady Bill, um, that his administration is working, quote, under the radar to sneak attack the Second Amendment rights of American citizens. Now, it's proven fact, whenever they've taken away Second Amendment rights, taken away guns of the citizenry, like they've done in Britain and Australia, the crime rates skyrocket. Because the burglars know, well, there's, if there's no guns behind that, the door of that house, then I can just break the door down and the criminals are always going to find guns and get guns. And I can go in there and do, you know, whatever I please. Or there's a lot less uh, deterrence for that to happen. So, um, President Obama, he, he's, he's told these gun advocates that his administration is working under the radar to sneak attack the Second Amendment rights of the American citizens. During a March 30th meeting between Jim and Sarah Brady, the White House Press Secretary Jay Carney, at which Obama dropped in, um, the President reportedly told Brady, quote, I just want you to know that we are working on it, meaning gun control. We have to go through a few processes, but it's under the radar. End of quote. The quote appeared in an April 11th Washington Post story about Obama's gun control czar, Steve Crowley. What is truly startling about the story is the way it has been totally ignored by the rest of the media, writes Jeff Knox. Even the folks at the Brady Bunch, meaning the, the Brady, these 
Brady Bill, uh, are not spreading the news about the stunning reassurances from the president. Well, no, they don't want to do that because it would get all the the, the um, Second Amendment, the gun right advocates, um, up in arms if it was well known. They want to sneak attack it like they do in a lot of these bills that they railroad through, you know, past midnight that we just cited in this teaching. It goes on to say, there is nothing on their website discussing or even mentioning Obama's chat with Jim and Sarah. The Obama administration has repeatedly invoked rhetoric about the flow of guns being smuggled from the U.S. into Mexico as a talking point with which to kill the gun rights of American citizens. Isn't that ironic? When we're the ones shipping the guns down there, and yet he's using that very talking point to take away our gun rights in America. I mean, that is the the height of hypocrisy and lies and deceit. Just months into his term in the Oval Office, Obama told Mexican President Felipe Calderon that the U.S. was to blame for much of American Mexico's drug violence because of firearms that were purchased in America, in spite of the fact that it was recently revealed that the U.S. government itself was responsible for smuggling guns over the border, which ended up directly in the hands of Mexican drug lords. And obviously we just talked, heard about that one um, Border Patrol agent that was killed by one of those guns. So... That is American governmental hypocrisy at its finest. I'm going to go ahead and end part one here. And, uh, oh, actually, hold on here. So 327. Okay, I think we can keep going here. Uh, I thought I thought I was way further into this, into this part one than I was. Let's go to the next thing, which we're going to segue into. It's an article entitled, The Mexican Cult, which is like fighting Satan himself. That's the title of the article. Uh, this is out of Laredo, Texas. They call her La Santa Morati, the saint of death, whose followers have multiplied rapidly over the last decade as violence has gripped Mexico and spilled across the border, according to missionaries who have witnessed the death, death cult's growing influence. Now, this relates to the last story. We're fueling and fanning the flames by shipping, by buying their drugs... Okay, which which further you know empowers wicked people in um, Mexico and Central America and these types of places. I mean, you're putting probably billions of money in the hands of some of the most wicked, vile scum on the planet by doing that, and then we're shipping them the guns with which they can further work out wickedness. And then, surprise, surprise, this uh, the saint of death. Uh, her followers have multiplied rapidly over the next last decade and as violence has gripped Mexico and spilled across the border, according to missionaries. So, it's all related. All of this is related. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, okay, but against the principalities and the rulers of wickedness and these types of things, okay? These are spiritual, it's a spiritual battle that we're in. So, this would be a, a main source of, of, um, of why there's increased violence, more so than just the guns themselves. Because, you know, it's not, a, a gun is like money. It, in and of itself, it's neither good nor evil. It, 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 it takes on the personality of the possessor. You can use a gun to go out and hunt and, and you know, live off the land, and particularly like if you're in the wilderness type of thing. It's not being used for a wicked purpose there. Okay? Money is the same way. You know, I understand the Bible says the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say money is, though. 
Money takes on the personality of the possessor. You know, you can use money to do some really good things. Feed widows and orphans and support, you know, missions and, and good ministries and these types of things. So, anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. From Mexico City to border towns such as Laredo, and lately in large American cities such as Houston, Dallas, Los Angeles, and Chicago, her cloaked skeletal icon, usually depicted gripping the Grim Reaper with a scythe, um, so, you know, the Grim Reaper with the scythe and, you know, cloaked. Well, that's that's how this uh, saint of death looks. It's the Grim Reaper. Um, there are whole cults devoted to worshipping the angel of death, which I think this is the same thing, called Azrael. Remember Gargamel's cat's on, cat on the Smurfs? His name, the Gargamel's cat was named Azrael, which is the angel of death. Now, if you've never heard my teaching on my supernatural experiences, you can go do a keyword search on contendingfortruth.com, like do supernatural experiences or something like that. And I tell you about my experience with the angel of death. I've actually had a, a, a one-on-one experience with the angel of death. Um, and overcame the angel of death through the Lord Jesus Christ. So anyways, it should be kind of increase your faith type of teaching if you haven't heard it. But anyway... Um, the Grim Reaper uh, is how this thing looks with a sieve, which is that cutting. It's got a long blade on a wooden handle, and it's how you typically see the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper, or Azrael, is typically portrayed as either a skeleton or a Grim Reaper-looking cloaked skeleton. Uh, the number 13 t- tarot card um, is the death card, and on that card you'll see a skeleton on a horse. It's essentially the death card, the the angel of death card. So anyway, that's who they're worshipping. And there was a whole cult in New Orleans devoted, they had their own museum, and I don't know if it's been rebuilt, but I know when Katrina came, it wiped it out. It wiped out this museum that worshipped Azrael. And they had their own website and everything. And I, I tell you what, I went up on that website a couple times, and read some of the testimonies from their from their adherents. And I'll tell you what, you have got to be demon-possessed to the toenails to do what they would do. And I mean, I'm talking about going into graveyards like on a full moon and, and uncorking a, 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 a casket in a, in a like a above-ground tomb or something that, that, that hasn't, you know, it's been down there for a hundred years and snuggling in the casket next to the dead person. This is what they did for fun, a lot of them. This is how they this is how they practice their religion. I'm not making this up. This is what how sick and how depraved some people can get. And those are some of the ones that overtly worship the angel of death. And they would tell they would they I mean and they describe these these uh, experiences they would have with Azrael in almost like romantic terms. Oh, he was so lovely as I gazed into his deathly whatever. And, and I mean, oh my, I mean, it was just so beyond sickening what they found, um, what they indulged in, what they, what they enjoyed. I pray to God their souls be saved, these people in that cult. But they've got to be some of the most depraved, sick, people I have ever 
seen in my life. I'm not even going to give you the name of the website because it's not it's not something you even want to go to. Uh, it's bad, bad, bad stuff. Uh, really, didn't see anything like sexually inappropriate in there, but I didn't really read on. But it it was bad. It was just sick. Um, anyway. That's been my, I have had a little bit of experience, kind of, and, and I'm sure this is just a repackaged version of it in Mexico. Okay, so, and I thought, wow, that, that when I, at the time when I read it, when I read some of these testimonies, I thought, man, this has got to be a serious, serious fringe group. Actually, it's not. <laughs> As we're going to see, it's not a fringe thing. So, the Grim Reaper, this, this saint of death, this La Santa Muerte, I don't know if I'm butchering the name or not, I'm sorry if I am, but... It's this Grim Reaper gripping a sieve. Um, it's often just seen hanging from windows, entryways, and sometimes on tattoos of her disciples. Her appeal lies in the basic human desires, especially those of the poor and the drug runners. Okay, you see how one thing's led to another? Now we're going to talk about Mexican drug runners again. Who entreat her for protection and for vengeance. Healing, money, protection, or they want power. Said Orfa Ortega who, along with her husband, William, serves as a Southern Baptist missionary in Mexico City. The Santa Marita cult is a growing concern for pastors in border towns, such as Laredo, where a meeting hosted by Southern Baptist missionaries in January drew Spanish-speaking pastors, church leaders, and at least one concerned police officer, whose experiences at a local jail prompted him to attend. And there's a video of that if you want to see that. I'll give you a link. The death cult figures prominently in the surging violence by Mexican Drug traffickers. Again, yes, it does. This death cult figures in prominently in the surging violence by Mexican drug traffickers. Not only do they got they get more money, but they got more guns now of which to work out this violence. And then you they're they're demon possessed to boot. They're calling upon essentially the angel of death for protection, for vengeance, to do their bidding. I mean. She doesn't get much worse than that. Okay, so, let's see here. Let's go further. For six of the 12 years they've been in Mexico City, the Ortegas have ministers in the Tepito neighborhood, which is notorious for its thriving black market. Poverty, drugs, and violence are pervasive, and the largest shrine to the saint of death is an institution there. Can you imagine living somewhere where, like, I mean, I, I can't really, I guess, where I live in America, but can you imagine, like, there was some place where they actually had this really big shrine that a ton of people were going to. It wasn't politically incorrect, even. It's an institution there. Of the 28 million people that live in Mexico City, about 2 million are estimated to be followers of the saint of death, Ortega said, with large numbers of them in Tepito. Two million in Mexico City alone. Wow. That is a ton of people. It's not quite, it's not 10%, but, you know, probably about seven. And that's who we know about? Now, okay, what does that mean? Do you know how much witchcraft has to be going on? Not only that, what about all the ones that are Catholics down there? That's witchcraft. That's all it is. The seven sacraments, all that garbage, praying to all these, whatever. It is a wicked, it's the most pseudo-wicked um, 
pseudo-Christian cult on the planet. And it figures in prominently into this, because a lot of these things, what they'll do is a good Catholic down there might be practicing Catholicism, and then they'll just adopt another pagan deity into their pantheon of little Catholic idols that they're worshipping, which is totally forbidden by God. You're not supposed to bow down to graven images. Or paintings or whatever you're bowing down to. This is why voodoo, in like Haiti, is so compatible with Catholicism. That if you look at the statistics for voodoo in Haiti, okay, which is one of the most wicked, high-level forms of witchcraft ever. An Africanized form of, very, very heavy-duty form of witchcraft. And I've got personal, personal dealings with voodoo. A whole bunch. Go to, go to my teaching on my supernatural experiences. I'll tell you all about it. I don't have time to reiterate it today. But I got a whole ton of experience with the angel of death and voodoo. And I can tell you one thing. The Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than all of it. And I mean, I, I want to say that to strengthen your faith. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I mean, God is looking for people that will stand up and not be afraid of this kind of garbage. And it's going on all around us. I just listened to like Russ Dizdar the other night. And I mean, that guy's got a ton of experience in this, in this area. And all the satanic covens that are around this country in particular, and I mean around the world, and all the human sacrifice and animal sacrifices that are going on, all the things he's experienced. He's been actually recruited by police to come to a lot of these satanic ritual abuse sites. And the things that he has witnessed, the horrific, I mean, you can't even imagine how sick and depraved these Satanists can be. It doesn't mean I don't want him to get saved. I'm just saying it is sick and depraved and beyond anything you could ever imagine what they do to invoke um, demonic entities, to uh, put power behind spells and witchcraft, to, to spiritually blind whole areas. Uh, this is the battle that we're actually engaged in, but most Christians don't even know that it, it even exists. But it's going to come a point where it's going to be so obvious you won't be able to ignore it. I'm not saying my listeners are. I'm just saying that the average Christian out there who doesn't know any of this exists, is never educated about any of this stuff, uh, who doesn't even know, and why would I get into it? Well, if you don't know about it, how do you even know to pray about it? I mean, and just the stuff going on in America. Now, I believe what happens, though, in a society where paganism and idolatry is more overt and more totally out in the open, like it, I think it is in Mexico, that it just becomes more and more out in the open, things become more leavened, more defiled, and things just are flat out in the open. They're not even trying to hide it. And they have this religious veneer they put on it, particularly with Catholicism. But getting back to what I said about voodoo, voodoo is so compatible with Catholicism because they just adopt their little pagan Catholic uh, uh, little pantheon of idols. And many times, you know, you'll see people, They, I, I saw the statistics, it was something like, the upwards of 90% of the people in, in Haiti practicing voodoo, and of them, it was like 90% of them also were were practicing Catholics. Why? Because Catholicism is so compatible with voodoo. Because of the idol system they have set up. 
And that's why the Catholic Church removed, I believe it was the second commandment, where it talks about not bowing thyself down unto graven images and things like that. You know they removed that, and they split, I believe it was like the ninth commandment in two. So they could still have ten commandments, but remove the one about bowing down thyself unto idols and graven images. They did that. Check their ten commandments. I've got got the, the thing on, I've done several teachings on Catholicism, and I mean, it's not a secret. And they're making, you know, the Catholic Church is making millions and millions and millions every year just off their cursed idols they're selling. And that's another thing. You bring this garbage into your house, you're bringing a big fat demon in. You're bringing a curse on yourself. You have it out in your front yard, don't have those statues of Jesus. Don't have those, those paintings. Don't ha- you don't know what you might be bringing in. And the pictures of Jesus, like I've said, or, or, the, or the, um, the statues, who is that? Where do we get those those images from? The Bible says, regarding Jesus, there was no beauty in him, no physical beauty, that we would even desire him. Where do we get those pictures from? Michelangelo and the Catholic Church? Yeah. That was their depiction of Jesus. And it's kind of funny that it's the same picture as that ascended master that I just keep seeing over and over and over again in the New Age movement, who supposedly going to have a big presence in the Catholic Church and may actually be, end up being the ruler of the Catholic Church, according to Maitreya, who's, there's a good chance he, if he's not the coming Antichrist, he's going to be up there somewhere, and I've done I don't know how many teachings on Maitreya, that this really good-looking, long-haired version of Jesus, who calls himself Master Jesus, or Emmanuel, or Sananda Emmanuel, is going to be the one that takes the take takes the reins of the Catholic Church. How convenient would that be? How many people would fall hook, line, and sinker just because some guy comes walking out and looks like all those pictures? Wow, it's really him. I'll believe. That's all it's going to take for a lot of people. The Bible says if it were possible, in Matthew 24, 24, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That's all it's going to take. One thing, that's it. How is Jesus Christ and the Antichrist going to fool everybody? Well, primarily, it says in the Bible, through miracles, lying, signs, and wonders. That's why Jesus Christ said that a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. What do the Catholics do? They seek after signs. Oh, the statue of Mary is weeping blood. Ugh. Oh, this, this painting of Mary is, is crying nasty, smelly, oily tears. Ugh. I mean, a lot, I've seen like those shows and they're like, they had like oil coming out of these paintings or statues and then like the oil stunk really bad. Wouldn't that kind of give you like a little tip off that something wasn't quite right? I mean, if that was holy and stuff, why would it stink so bad? Anyway, I mean, you know, side note there, but, um, uh, yeah, it's just something to think about. But two million people in Mexico City alone are openly admitting essentially to being followers of the saint of death. What does that mean? That means they're actively practicing witchcraft. We've got witchcraft right now taking place on a global scale. If you're a part of the Catholic cult, if you're part of the Mormon cult, Jehovah Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists I include in there as well. A lot of the garbage that's going on in the Hebrew Roots movement. Anything that's not true Bible-believing Christianity. Okay? Buddhism, Hinduism, Zoroastrianism, Catholicism, all these pagan cults, this death cult, it's all witchcraft. 
It's mass witchcraft. Now, what I believe is, is as we get closer to the end and the one world coming one world religion, in the end, it's going to be just overt, out in the open, witchcraft. I mean, just out in the open. There's a lot of Bible to confirm that as well. And you're going to see an increase in this overt, not sugar-coated, which is what we're seeing with like the Catholic Church. You're going to see an increase in this type of stuff. Who knows how many, what's it going to be in a year from now? Four million followers in Mexico City at the Saint of Death? That means there's four million people, or right now two million, just in one city, that are openly practicing witchcraft and in trying to garner garner the this this angel of death to do their bidding and there's very few bible believing christians in the world to counter that i believe the vast majority of them are not even aware that this is really going on so there's no prayer going up over it resist the devil and he will flee but there's no resisting. There, it's just not happening because they don't even know. Oh, oh, we don't want to. We don't get, give the devil glory. That's uh, some of the churches I've been in would say that we don't want to talk about him or give the devil glory. You know, we're not giving the devil glory. We're exposing them. We're approving the fruitful works of darkness and having no fellowship with them, as the Bible says to do. The Bible's very clear on that. So. Uh, that is staggering. Just in one town alone, two million followers. And all that witchcraft taking place. It's no wonder such wickedness and evil is, is being produced from that. The Ortegas welcomed the news in January that Mexican authorities have arrested the leader of the Tepito Shrine and the closest thing that the cult has to a high priest. David Romo, he was the, the uh, high priest of this death shrine, uh, they arrested him on kidnapping and money laundering charges. Increasingly, the death cult has moved north. I mean, let's face it, if you're part of this death cult, this angel of death death cult, <laughs> there's pretty much anything goes, I would say. There's not going to be a whole lot that would be out of bounds for you to not get, oh no, I've got scruples, I've got my morals. Let's, After all, I'm part of this angel of death death cult, and I mean, you know, there's just certain things you can't make me do. No, there's going to be nothing that you probably wouldn't end up doing. And if even if you had any moral fabric when you got into that death cult, the longer you stay in it, the more hardened you will become, the more reprobate you will, recu- you will become. And before long, it's no problem to murder, kill, steal, do whatever. Things you might not have even never thought about doing before. It hardens you. Sin... Hardens you, the devils and demons that possess you hard, and you're dealing with a high level. This isn't just like garden variety demons here. You're dealing with the angel of death. So, um, increasingly, the death cult has moved north, making inroads into border towns and American cities where Mexican immigrants find work. See, coming to a to a uh, town near you. It's not already there. It probably is. Not to mention all the other wickedness going, going on behind closed doors. 
Ortega said adherents largely form two groups, the adherents of this death cult. And again, it's not like we're talking about some little fringe thing with 100 followers here. We're talking about 2 million people in one city alone. We're talking about something that spiritually impacts. If that was the only place on the planet where this 2 million people were following the death cult, how much wickedness do you think they could collectively do 2 million people through witchcraft? Do you think it could impact the whole world? I think so. You better believe it would impact the whole world. So this is impacting you and I. And this is just one thing. I'm trying to make it real to you because it needs to be more real. It needs to be more real to me as well. Easy to lose sight of the stuff in, in your everyday life going about, you know. But this, and I've done several teachings and I'm going to give you the links to, I think, four different teachings I've done on witchcraft. It is going to be, witchcraft is going to be the essence of the coming one world religion. No doubt about it. The Bible says the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand. That word, the craft, is a common acronym for witchcraft. There's books that are that are witchcraft guideline books. There's one called the craft. You know, and there's there's that's how it's referred to by witches, the craft. And you know, I'm, obviously, there's other ways you can refer to it, but it's one of the main ways. So. It is going to be the ultimate essence of the coming one world religion. So you need to learn how, you need to learn, number one, it's a reality, and you need to learn how to deal with it. You know, and obviously you deal with it primarily on your knees through prayer, fasting, reading the word of God, these types of things, specific targeted praying. And that's what Russ Dizdar gets into in a lot of his um, videos. I know we don't see eye to eye on everything. Okay, I've had people email me. I understand he doesn't take a stance on the King James Bible, okay? But I don't really know of anybody who has more experience in that area, satanic ritual abuse, the coming satanic super soldiers, the coming dark awakening, that type of thing. I don't really know anybody that has more experience in that area than he does. Uh, targeted prayer, things of that nature. He's got whole manuals. You know, I really think we need to get a lot more militant about this particular subject, um, it's my personal opinion, but I think that you can look at the Bible and see what's coming, you know, and it's not good. And it's pure evil. And we need to learn how to fight it and deal with it now um, when we can still communicate with one another. I mean, if you have no clue how to deal with this, and then all of a sudden they shut down the internet, and the night cometh when no man can work, and you've got no way of relaying this type of information to other Christians, uh, a lot of people, I, I fear, are going to be overwhelmed. Because they're not going to know how to deal with this. They're, they're, maybe they've been a baby Christian for a ton of years, and they've never figured this stuff out, because they've never been told. So, going further... Um, he said the adherents form largely two groups, drug dealers and the poor. The former seeking protection from authorities and vengeance on their enemies, the drug dealers, and the latter, meaning the poor, um, seeking healing, protection from the violence around them and prosperity. Isn't that pitiful? The poor people who are scared to death go to the very uh, fallen angelic entity 
that the drug smugglers are going to, to garner protection against the drug smugglers. You know? They're, they're seeking healing, protection, and violence from them around them, and prosperity. This death saint, her followers claim, offers all of the above, meaning she offers prosperity, protection from violence, healing, protection from enemies, vengeance on enemies, uh, you know. A Baptist worker in Laredo area told the Southern Baptist Texan he hears testimonies of healing from the death angel, from this death saint, healing from cancer, AIDS, and other ailments at the hands of the saint of death. And you're like, oh, come on, now that, you, I draw a line there. <laughs> how, is G, how is the Antichrist going to come? And the, and the false prophet. With all lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles. Says it. In the Bible, regarding the end times, that's how he's going to deceive the whole, that's how they're going to deceive the whole world. Lying signs and wonders and miracles? You think that might be some false, some healings? Yeah. What if, okay, somebody was, a spirit was causing a certain ailment? Well, it happened all in the Bible when Jesus Christ went. I mean, if you look at what Jesus Christ did, a ton of the time, what he did is he went through from town to town casting out devils that were causing infirmities. Causing physical sicknesses. If all it took for Satan to get you to get on his side was for him to heal you of cancer, and that cancer had a demonic root, which it could, or whatever, and he could take that demon and, and either suppress it for a time or get it out of you, if he knew that's all he had to do to get you to sell out for him, do you think Satan wouldn't do that? I've heard of hard rock concerts where they had satanic altar calls and people came up in wheelchairs and were healed. Satan's healed me. Who gets the glory? Satan. You're going to see more and more of it. I'm telling you. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. But I also believe Jesus Christ said, you know, these things should you do and even greater things will you do. I think those days and times are coming also to the body of Christ. These aren't going to be counterfeit lying signs and wonders and miracles. They're going to be literal miracles that point straight back to the Lord Jesus Christ and give Father God and Jesus Christ the glory. Not man's glory. Not some death angel getting glory. The Lord Jesus Christ getting glory. I believe those days and times are coming as well. So, let's go further here. Um... But most of the time, their promise of healing or protection. Now, here's the price. See, this is the difference between what Jesus Christ did. and When, when he would heal somebody, he would say, go and sin no more. Okay, He wouldn't say, go and kill somebody for this healing. Can you imagine Jesus Christ saying that? Uh, I healed you of this blindness. Now you have to go take someone else's eyes out. No, he would never say that. There's no biblical precedence for that. But that's exactly the thing that happens if you get healed by the death angel. Did you know that? Let me read this again. The Baptist worker in Laredo told the Southern Baptist Texan he hears testimonies of healing from cancer, AIDS, and other ailments at the hands of the saint of death. But most of the time, their promise of healing or protection involves the killing of someone else in order to receive a miracle or in order to receive protection. 
Satan is a cruel taskmaster. See, that's a difference. Freely have I received, freely I give. That should be our attitude as Christians. Let them, Jesus Christ said, let them that's greatest among you, let them be your servant. You know, freely have you received, okay. And that's how the apostles operate, that's how Jesus Christ operated. He, he didn't go around healing people and even asking for money or anything. Well, that's not the case if you get healed by the death angel. There's going to be a steep price to pay. Steep. As we've just read here. That's the difference. That was one of the points Ortega emphasized during the Laredo meeting in Texas, border town, and across the Rio Grande in Nuevo Laredo is the largest number of saint of death followers alongside the Rio Grande, Ortega said. Often Christians are seen as enemies of the cult for winning converts and refusing to syncretize Orthodox Christianity with the death cult. (laughs) You know what? Is is this Chrislam movement in America? It's just going to be a matter of time. Now, granted, the Catholic Church, I wouldn't have see any problem with them syncretizing with this death cult. I I guarantee it's already happened to a certain extent down there. Um, But... This Chrislam movement, where we're where we're combining Islam with Christianity, supposed, where they're inviting Islamic you know people into their Christian services, and they have the Quran and the Bible sitting side by side in the pews, and I've I've reported on this a lot lately. What a sickening abomination in the sight of God. We're going to see more and more. But hey, what's the one world religion? One big happy perverse family, right? We're all on the same page. Everybody's on the same page now, finally. Thanks to the Antichrist and the false prophet, they united us, you know. Granted, and there's fallen angels and demons and devils and Satan and wicked people at work, you know, but that's what we're, that's what we're moving into. And then it ends by saying, pray for the safety while I'm doing the work. This is the missionary said, pray for my integrity and holiness. Hey, that's praise the Lord. I like to hear that. Uh, pray the Lord will provide the right leaders to provide churches. The only way we will win the fight is to plant those churches that preach the truth. Amen, brother. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you a link to that article. But, I mean, if you hadn't heard about that article, would you ever even know to pray for it? Pray for those people? I I wouldn't. So, I have uh, four different teachings that I link here. It's going to be on page, uh, probably about page 7. Witchcraft, the emerging one world religion. Witchcraft, practices biblically exposed and defined. The deceptive allure of witchcraft, new age and near-death experiences, which is exposes the whole near-death thing where, oh, I saw the light and I went toward it. And they, a lot of times these people are unsaved and they go back in their body and they come back and say, oh, everybody goes to heaven. Well, I get into that on that one. Uh, and then biblically and exposing and fighting new age witchcraft. So I got, I've done a lot of teachings on witchcraft. Uh, let's go ahead and end here and we'll go to part two next. God bless you. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's drjohnson at the letter I, the letter X, dot N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com, with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. 
That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.